It's the first Tuesday of the month, and so we always started off with a conversation with State Senator Doris Turner to get us updated on what's been happening at the State House and on issues connected to state government that have an impact on you. Senator, as always, welcome. Great to have you back on the program. I'm happy to be back, and um, the sun came out. Finally. Storms went away. So I'm hoping that this means that we're going to have a fantastic National Night Out event tonight. Yeah, it looks, uh, looks good for that. It's going to be hotter than Hades tomorrow, uh, which kind of ties into my first question to you. Uh, you know, the weather extremes we've I can't seen. do anything about the weather. <laughs> well, uh, that may not necessarily be true. You know, we, we saw flooding rains today. We're going to have a heat advisory for tomorrow. And, of course, there are a lot of environmental groups that say that's all the product of climate change, global warming, greenhouse gases, and things, which ties directly to something that you uh, praised pretty uh, profusely this week, uh, which was the permit granted for the Lincolnland Energy Center, the Emberclear project down in Pawnee. You said this is going to be a, a real boon for the area, but again, groups like the Sierra Club and others say it's just going to mean more uh, pollutants, more greenhouse gases, more carbon into the air, and more of these sorts of weather extremes. So how do you uh, reconcile your support for the project with the concerns of your environmentally conscious constituents you know i think that sometimes when people hear the word power plant they don't stop to look at everything that's going in into it and what type of a power plant it actually is so i will tell you that i am excited about this project this is a project that i began work on when i was on the springfield city council working with um you know the the chamber of commerce working with the Sangamon. Growth Alliance, as well as, you know, my colleagues on the on Springfield City Council. And I'm happy that it finally, you know, came to fruition and we were able to get the uh, EPA permit so it can move forward. So when you think about it, that's a billion and a half dollars worth of economic development and over 700 jobs coming to Central Illinois. Those are really good-paying union jobs that is going to be a fantastic uh, boost to the economy in, in uh, Central Illinois. And I think that when we look at the uh, realm of companies that we hope to move to Central Illinois that will positively contribute to, you know, to our communities, I think that this is definitely going to be one of them. Um, this is going to be a natural gas-fueled power plant. And, um, you know, I worked very closely with John Kinneman, who is the vice president for Midwest Development of Inverclear. And, um, you know, we talked about all of these things. And as we were talking about and debating the energy legislation, uh, this was part of that conversation. And um, you know, when you look at this, this plant would be the world's most efficient natural gas power generator. And I think that it will help ease the transition that we're going to see from coal to uh, carbon-free power. And it will definitely be compliant with the law in uh, 2045. And, you know, like I said, I think that it is part of the strategy to convert to lower carbon emissions. And I don't think that, you know, the EPA would have issued the permits if they didn't think that it was would be compliant with, um, you know, the energy legislation that we just passed. 
All right. Well, I, I appreciate your, uh, your your thoughts on this. Um, uh, do, you, do you have concerns that because we've got uh, some pretty vocal environmental groups there, the Illinois uh, Clean Jobs Coalition, folks who were very much involved in crafting that green energy legislation, which I know you had a few reservations about because of its impact on city water, light and power. Uh, but are you concerned that uh, with this being an election year and you facing an election challenge, uh, your stance on that uh, could that pose political problems for you, do you think? You know, you know, Jim, I've been uh, an elected official for a very long time, and I have always looked at doing what I felt was best for my constituents and best for my community and never really swayed towards how the political winds were blowing. And I think that that has, has uh, voted well for me. And I think that with what we're doing with this uh, plant in Pawnee, Again, it's a you know one and a half billion dollars worth of economic development, and when you have you know people like the uh, Segment Growth Alliance and and all of these other communities, as well as the the, the chambers, uh, I think that it's I think that it's good for our community. I think that it will be very good for those seven hundred families that will uh, be having good union paying jobs that will put food on their tables and a roof over their heads and, um, you know, provide for their children's education. And again, um, as you, as you mentioned, I was very, 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 very involved with the energy uh, bill as it was being debated and wanted to ensure that it would be uh, something that would be good for all aspects of our community. And I think that uh, the project in Pawnee fits into the legislation that we pass and again they will be compliant with uh with the law Sorry. you know we 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 see you know we talk about the the whole ener energy and where we're going with this and you know i said then and i continue to say we can't go from from zero to a thousand overnight we have to do this thing inc incrementally and um you know we we need to prepare and we need to prepare for every step along the way. Talking with State Senator Doris Turner this afternoon here on 92.7 WMAY. Senator, something coming up uh, in just a matter of days people need to be aware of, especially uh, parents of uh, school-aged children. We've got a school sales tax holiday that takes effect at the end of the week. Yes, and I'm very excited, and I will tell you my grandchildren are very excited, too. They were over, and they, were and they asked me uh, about their school supply list. And I told them that I would take them shopping for it, and they were all ready to go. And I said, nope, we can't go until the, until the tax holiday comes on board. So they have their list, and they're ready to go. And as you know, that is just one of the things that we put in the budget that would have a significant impact on, on our families. And I think that this is a great one. The other thing that I think I want to – that I definitely want to mention is that if, even if you don't have kids, you know, a lot of people buy supplies and then contribute them to their local schools and the school districts. So think about doing that. And if you're a teacher, um, fortunately, we have a lot of very dedicated teachers that spend, you know, their own money to, uh, pr to make sure that they have supplies for their classrooms. So, you know, don't just think about it in terms of families that have school-aged children. Anyone can uh, participate and take advantage of it. And it's also not just school supplies. There's also a holiday uh, on 
uh, school clothes and uniforms that you may be buying. Yeah, I'll put in a quick plug. Uh, Springfield Muni Opera is doing a school supplies drive for this final weekend of Matilda. And while those donations are welcome at any time this week, if you can hold out until Friday to buy some of those items for donation, again, you'll save the uh, sales tax on those. And that uh, holiday it begins Friday the 5th, and it runs through when, Senator? Do you recall off the top of your head? Uh, I want to. I want to say that it's five days. So okay. Does that make any, Does that make sense? Don't yeah. hold me to that, but I think it's five days. Well, yeah. I thought it might be a little bit longer than that, but I guess you know, buy sooner rather than later, starting Friday, um, and that way you know for sure you're getting it in there. State Senator Doris so Turner. Since so since we're doing shameless plugs, yeah. you can go to my Facebook page, mm-hmm. and all of the information is right there. Perfect. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> good advice. Uh, go check that out in just moments, uh, Senator. Another uh, issue that's still lingering, and we could. Be be getting at least an initial court decision as early as Thursday on the ongoing litigation. Sangamon County Sheriff Jack Campbell and other county sheriffs suing the Illinois Department of Human Services over the failure to transfer inmates for psychiatric care in a timely fashion, leaving uh, those county jails with the burden of dealing with those inmates that they're not really equipped to deal with. It's been an ongoing problem, and uh, here in Sangamon County, and as I mentioned, other counties, they're saying essentially that uh, Governor J.B. Pritzker is simply... Uh, shuffling off uh, his failure and his department's failure to get this job done and just putting it in the laps of the uh, the county sheriffs here. Uh, what What's your take on this and why are we having such problems with DHS uh, being able to meet these deadlines, much like we're seeing similar problems in DCFS and, and other agencies? You know, I, I think that this is a lot of issue that goes around um, the availability of and access to the kinds of care that people need. Uh, we have to do a better job with ensuring that there that there are placements available. And what we have seen, though, is that as soon as those placements do become available, we are moving out inmates as quickly as possible. Unfortunately, when you have not had that movement for a while, there is definitely a backlog. And, you know, I know that we look at Sangamon County because that's where we live. But think about it. There are 102 other counties that are, um, you know, vying for that for those same placements. So we're trying to do the state is trying to do everything that we possibly can to ensure that we have those bids, that we have that placement available. And we are seeing some movement, and I'm really excited about that. And I know that, you know, we talk a lot about uh, what's happening at DCFS. I know that there was a uh, presser uh, outside their offices, uh, I believe, last week. And so, you know, change at the top is one thing, but with all of these systems, I think we have to look at systemic change that can occur. And, um, you know, we look at staffing and training and a lot of other things. And so we just have to keep doing the work that we need to do internally at that administrative level as well. So just because you don't hear me, you know, railing about things doesn't mean that we're not doing the work. The governor's been in office for three and a half years. I mean, at a certain point, doesn't this fall on his shoulders? You know, I think that there are a lot of things that happen that people would like to see someone be able to flip a switch and make and you know and make change happen. Um, unfortunately, change happens slow sometimes, and availability of of placement happens slow, uh, and that's unfortunate. You know, I I'm one of these people that I'm a very impatient person. I pray for patience every night, but I want it to happen. I want it to be there when I get up in the morning. 
So, you know, we're, we're continuing to work on it and we will continue to work on it until we have enough uh, placement available for every single person that needs that placement. You know, we, you know, the other thing too, is that we understand that, well, I understand that, you know, mental health and mental health um, issues are very real and we need to be more proactive in how we deal with, with our mental health um, issues in not only in our in our city and in our state, but, but in our country. You know, this was uh, Minority Mental Health Month and I had a round table discussion with some mental health professionals from throughout the district. And uh, each one of them talked about our need to be more proactive. And so sometimes if we look at how we, the change that we can make in that area, it lifts some of that burden on the back end as well. Uh, and by the way, I did go check your social media, and in fact, that sales tax holiday for school supplies runs through August 14th, so it's the 5th through the 14th, uh, so you do have some time to take advantage of that starting Friday to uh, have that savings on your back-to-school supplies. Senator Doris Turner, before I let you go, I'm going to put you on the spot real briefly here. Of course, uh, since the last time we talked, we had the announcement uh, that Misty Busher is running for mayor of Springfield. Uh, several Springfield aldermen attending that announcement uh, and announcing that they are supporting her challenge against Mayor Jim Langfelder. Now, you had a front row seat for watching Jim Langfelder as mayor during your time as an alderman. Are you taking sides in this race? Do you have a favorite here? You know, Jim, I will tell you from a very selfish standpoint, I just want to do one election at a time, and I want everybody to support me. I want the Misty Busher people to be for me. I want the Jim Langfelder people to be for me. Everybody, jump on Doris Turner bandwagon. That's what I want to hear. <laughs> and with that, we, we may come back after November and ask you the same question again. But for now, we'll leave it at that. State Senator Doris Turner, appreciate your time this afternoon. Thanks. We'll talk soon. It's always nice to talk to you.